0: This is Rebecca Fleetwood Hessian, host of the Badass Women's Council podcast, and you are listening to part three of a three-part series with special guest Joan Rosenberg, PhD and author of the book, 90 Seconds to a Life You Love, How to Master Your Difficult Feelings. And in this final episode of the series, Joan walks us through a practical application around imposter syndrome, and she looks at three aspects— Harsh Self-Criticism, Vulnerability, and Compliments. This is Rich. I'm so glad you're here.
1: So a lot of the listeners that we have are uh, in business. They're uh, running companies or they're um, leaders in companies. And one of the topics that we get asked to talk about a lot here is that imposter syndrome or there's other names for it, but can you use the, the reset and walk us through how that might be experienced if we're in a work setting and maybe we want to apply for a next level job and, and all of a sudden those voices in our head are saying, I don't know if you're good enough for that. That might not be good for you. Would that be a, an example we could walk through? And- so it, great question.
2: And, and I think there's three big elements that I would talk about that I, that, and I talk about all this in the book. In fact, I, I make a comment about imposter syndrome in the book. And I, the way I want to frame it is uh, come, uh, to talk about harsh self-criticism, to talk about vulnerability, and to talk about compliments.
1: Okay.
2: Because I think those three are kind of underneath your question. Okay. The, the first is <clears throat> the notion of harsh self-criticism. So once we start getting into, well, I don't know if I'm good enough, uh, then we're into harsh self-criticism.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and when we're asking questions of, actually I have a fourth topic here that's, good, that's tied to the anxiety chapter, but, but when we start asking questions of, can I, will I, do I, am I? Okay. Can I do this? Am I good enough? Will I? Will I be capable? Right? Yeah. And yep. I? And I? Will I? Do I? Okay. You start asking those questions. All we do is we put ourselves in a state of doubt. Ah. Oh.
1: And it's logical when you say it. Uh, well, you know what can
2: I say? <laughs> welcome, welcome to forty years.
1: <laughs>
2: so <laughs> that's that's what the forty years of experience bought, bought me. There you go. <laughs> the, uh, so the. And so what I realized, again, when we ask things those way, all they do is foster doubt. And they foster what most people would describe as anxiety, which, of course, I don't describe that way. And it, but if you make a shift to just flipping the words the other direction, I can, I will, I am, I do. Right. What ends up happening is you take yourself out of doubt and you put yourself in a state that's more
1: confident intentionally make intentionally. the shift.
2: Yes. So first thing is so this was this was not even on my list but the first thing is change your questions into statements. No okay. longer ask can I will I am I do I. You say I can I am I will I do. That's that's yeah. the that's the so, first thing.
1: So fundamental.
2: Yes. Yeah. Second thing harsh self criticism. So I look at harsh self-criticism as a distraction from unpleasant feelings. Now, I know harsh self-criticism, that way of thinking, is is, um, a problem in and of itself. But I don't look at it as a problem. It is a problem, right? But I don't look at it as a problem. I look at it as a distraction from unpleasant feelings. So anytime somebody starts to engage in harsh self-criticism, mm-hmm. then what's ending up happening is that they're trying to thought hijack unpleasant feelings. Now, what's the most obvious one in this kind of a situation where somebody's wanting to go for a promotion? Mm-hmm. It's going to be the state of vulnerability.
1: Ah, yeah.
2: Right? It's, it's right. going to be, I don't want to go be vulnerable. Why? Because if I go for that promotion and I don't get it, then what's going to happen? Oh, one of the other seven unpleasant feelings is what's going to happen. Right. The other seven feelings are the solve to choosing the vulnerability every time. If you know that you can handle and experience and move through those other seven feelings, then you can choose vulnerability because the outcome is only
1: going to be those seven feelings, And 90 seconds of riding the wave. You just got to ride the wave. So you you didn't get it. Okay, next.
2: You don't stop pursuing because of that. You just choose into
1: what's next. And it's so interesting. I just saw on LinkedIn, I can't even remember who it was. It might have been Mel Robbins. She was talking about the difference between men and women's response to being fired. Uh Uh-huh. A man will make it about no
2: the thing. job or
1: the role. Oh, they're, they're missing out, their loss, and move on, whereas a woman will make it about us right. and what. And, and, and then her point was that it, the impact is then a 24% uh, wow. reduction in your negotiation for your next job. Because now you've made it about yourself, yes. so, so now you feel less than, and you're unwilling to negotiate the salary that you deserve. And so this ability to, to, to walk through the steps that you lay out prevents it from being this soul-sucking, I'm, I'm it's about me thing, and just right. ask for the next task right. at hand.
2: Right, right, yes. Yes, but let me keep walking down your example because there's yes, more please. There's, there's even more, right? So But wait, there's more. <laughs> wait, there's more. So, <clears throat> so so harsh self-criticism is a high thought hijack of unpleasant feelings. And you want if you know that, you can stop it as soon as you hear this message.
1: Say that again. So harsh, harsh self-criticism
2: is a thought hijack of unpleasant. Pleasant feelings. So anytime you catch yourself getting into negative self-talk or harshly criticizing yourself for something, stop and walk it in reverse and go, all right, something else is underneath this. What is it that's unpleasant? What feelings am I experiencing that are unpleasant that I actually don't want to experience? And let yourself go there instead and drop the harsh self-criticism. What ends up happening, and if it helps to hear a story that's attached to it. I can relate that, it's in the book, and, and it, 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 ha- it has to do with a graduate student that I was seeing many, many years ago, who came in and he was frustrated, and he was a doctoral student working on his dissertation, and those are tough things to do, right. and, and he was really frustrated, but, but he was talking about that, and then all of a sudden, what was coming out of his mouth was, were the words, I'm unworthy, I'm undeserving, and I'm inadequate. But but it's like I had one of those aha moments again at that point and it was like, what? How do we get from frustrated to this? And and then what dawned on me is that the we don't control that we feel or what we feel. As soon as we become aware we don't control that we feel. Okay. Or what we feel. As soon as it becomes into our conscious awareness, we can modulate it. But but we can't we can't control that we're a, a feeling being.
1: Right, right. Right? And we so shouldn't
2: if, apologize for no, it or try nope, to, right? Nope, right. Nope. So if I stub my toe and I have a reaction, yeah, right, or whatever, then then it's 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 an immediate spontaneous reaction. We don't so we don't control that. We feel and what we feel. We do, however, control what we think about and how we think it. Mm, right, right. So if you think about the words inadequate, unworthy, and undeserving, they are thought words. They're evaluative. Oh,
1: absolutely! Absolutely,
2: they're not feelings at all. They're thoughts. You're
1: putting judgment to the feeling. Exactly. So that
2: was when I realized he was thought hijacking his experience.
1: Mm.
2: Now, and what's interesting is that you think it's equivalent—the kind of badness that you feel, if you will—because I'm going to; those are in air quotes for those are listening. Those are
1: air quotes. I was going to say I'm going
2: to because I don't use use the word bad, but you think there's an equivalence here. That, that, that the kind of, in quotes, feeling bad that you feel because you're feeling disappointed or sad or angry or whatever is equivalent to unworthy, inadequate, and undeserving. Sorry to say, it's not. When you, when you start to self-judge, you're putting yourself in, I, I can't even describe how much more significant and darker a place that you're putting yourself
1: in. And it's a choice we make. It's a choice we make. And we can choose
2: not to. We can choose not to to by understanding it is a distraction from unpleasant feelings or at the outset unpleasant knowings. Right? So that's so that's all so if if you get that and as you hear this, you can stop it today. Please stop it today. The next time you start to think it, you shift it over. So so that's the hard self-criticism piece of not going for the promotion. The, the other part of it then is, again, I think many times it's a, an attempt to move away from feeling vulnerable, mm-hmm. right. as I said. So what's the key to solving vulnerability? It's, it's being able to, know, to have the knowledge that you can, that you can experience and move through the, the other seven feelings if they should arise.
1: If they show up. Right, it's not, so, it's not detrimental. It just is ninety seconds that you deal with.
2: Yeah, or one or more ninety-second waves. Right, yeah. and then the the last part of it is well, actually. Well, let me. I want to highlight one other element about the undeserving piece too. So many people use those words of, I, "Well, I'm not worthy," uh, uh, or I, "I don't know if I deserve that," and and I, my bias, and I state this also in the book, is that that we should stop using that. Not only should we stop using that language for the harsh self-critical nature of it, we should also stop using those words because I don't even think it's in our human domain to establish that. If you're alive, yeah. you're worthy. If you are alive, you are deserving. End of story. End of story. It's okay. we on a on a and my belief system happens to hold that on a human plane, it's not ours to decide that. So if you're if you're able to hear this and breathe and use you know, whatever, your faculties, then then understand that you are a deserving, worthy human being. Let's put that question aside. Now let's move on to the next. Amen. Right?
1: Absolutely. And, I'm with so,
2: you. And it's not even Sunday and I'm preaching.
1: Yeah, I like it. Do it. <laughs> so and then and then the
2: the, the last part to your question is compliments. So to impo- the imposter syndrome is somebody, and uh, so to, to what you were talking about there, I think is also somebody who, who diminishes and devalues the truth of who they are. Mm-hmm. That, that, that they are the truth of what they've accomplished. So that, so that you, you already know that you've been able to do a wide variety of things. So if we're into the doing part of it, the accomplishment and, and how you serve in the world, great. But if you devalue compliments, then, and, and I think compliments serve the role of helping us update our sense of self.
1: Ooh, say that again. Compliments?
2: Comp- what compliments, the role that compliments play in our life is to update, help us update our sense of self.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. And it requires us to receive them
2: and absorb them
1: and absorb them mm. yeah. not deflect them not or def- dismiss oh it
2: was nothing no it was not nothing you had to put like i don't know 10 years into that right right, right.
1: that's beautiful
2: right. that's
1: a, that's yeah. a strategy in and of itself
2: well oh definitely so so here's again uh, there's certain pieces in the book that that i particularly like just in terms of the kind of time it took me to sort these things out and, and kind of in part the unique look, I think that it brings to, to how we can live our lives differently that help us live our lives differently. And the compliment piece is another one of those. And, and what, what I come to understand about compliments is that compliments are a reflection of you back to you. Oh, I love that. It's somebody holding a mirror up to you and saying, this is my engaged experience of you. Oh. So if you dismiss what they're saying, not only are you dismissing their reality of you, you're, you're dismissing your reality of you. Because oh. it's not coming out of thin air. It's not coming out of the blue. Right. It's, right. Their compliment to you is coming out of an engaged experience of you and with you.
1: Which then re- requires us, if we're going to honor that relationship, you take it in. to receive that compliment.
2: Graciously. 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 Yes. And <laughs> go, thank you. Yeah. Let me stay with that. And if you get consistent responses from other people about doing something really well or whatever it might be, <laughs> that you're, you have such a generous, warm nature, what, it doesn't matter what it is right right then then if you start to get that then and and you go oh wait a minute okay yeah well that's how i wanted to be anyway then then what you start to do is you you can use those that 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 compliments with an e of compliments with an i that you can use the complement of compliments oh i love that yeah you to really go, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I, I, I am that way. And perhaps the I am that way is actually who you wanted to be. So then you realize that who you most wanted to be, you already
1: are. You already are. Mm. Oh, I love that so much. Or
2: you are on your way to becoming.
1: Or you're on your way to becoming. So, so, so
2: think of if you're a craftsperson think of compliments as varnish over stain. Or if you put top coats on your nails, then think of the top, that compliments are the top coat on your polished nails.
1: Oh, love it. Love it. And oh, gosh, you have got my mind racing. And so often we do dismiss compliments we then let them percolate in our brains about, I wonder if they really meant that. I don't know if that was it. Just say, thank you. Yes, just absolutely. receive you. it.
2: Yes, Yeah. And the only reason you'd be asking that question is if you're not giving genuine compliments yourself. Hmm.
1: Ooh. You know, that's interesting. Oh, gosh, I feel like we need a, a three part series for this. We can do that. if you. you know, want. Can we keep going and I'll just divide this into a, a couple of different episodes I, i'd love to go down the path of not only are we um oh you said it so well not only do we have every right to you know be here we are worthy right
2: worthy and deserving
1: worthy and deserving we also each have a unique set of gifts and talents yep and those complements and 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 being aware and receiving informs us if we're watching for it, if we're paying attention, of who we really are made to be, so that then we can create situations that use that very best in us.
2: Yes, but I w- again, I would not say that that's uh, totally an outside thing. It's an outside and an inside thing. Um, somebody might notice we do certain things well, or, or again, how we are in the world. That that we get compliments for those kinds of things. But but the other part of it for me is also people noticing what lights them up, what puts them in states of flow, what uh, what uh, what their big dreams are. So that so that what's ending up happening is that I'm looking at from my from my eyes out into the world and going, I would really love this.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And and so I think a, a really important part of that is it, it's some, perhaps some mix of it, but it the the self definition part where I go you know what this you know maybe I want to go I, 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 maybe I want to go scrub boats right I want to clean the barnacles off off um, off motorboats and and that's what that's what I love right. and I do and I do it really well. And, and it allows me to actually get into a Zen state and, and I love the way it looks after I've done it and it get, lets me to be in the ocean or in the river or whatever it is, right? Or the lake. And, and it's just that that's what lights me up the most. Well, if I'm the best at that, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's what lights me up and that's, what, uh, that's what's important to me and that's what my world is, then, then great. Then go okay. be the best at that, right? So it's not. So it's not. That's why it, the self-definition piece. So that's the person's contribution,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? And yeah. we we need people to, that are, that are that love to be in whatever that space is and know that 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 how they're serving in the world is their unique contribution. So it doesn't it doesn't matter what the it is. But I also want it want it not only coming from the outside in saying hey you do this really well, but from the inside out going. Um, that, that, oh, wait a minute, this is the mark I want to put. This is what I think I, I want to pursue.
1: And one of the things that I find when I'm coaching that clients struggle with is I put them through exercises where I say, I want you to inventory your gifts and talents. And that's different from accomplishments. I'm talking about those things. What lights you up? What gives mm-hmm. you joy? Mm-hmm. And, and as we first start to talk about it, they want to see it through the lens of whatever their job description is. Right, I'm like, right. No, 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 no. It could be something like, I love, I love just the feeling of interaction and kindness when I can serve others. It doesn't have to be something that's specific to your job description. Right. And people have a hard time looking in at that because they're seeing it from the outside expectations. Right. And, I, and I really find it when I'm working with parents who have children that are moving into the thinking about college and career things where they'll say things like, well, shouldn't they get a quote unquote real job? And I'm like, well, who's to determine what a real job is? You've got to see what the gifts and talents are of this human being, this child you're raising, where you're not going to say, hey, by the way, I want you to be A because they make this much money. Right, right. But that has happened so often that then people find themselves in this career that it really wasn't the one they were meant to be in. Right, right. And, all, and then that just totally messes with a person's head. Now you're living some other life that wasn't meant to be the one that you're wired to, to live.
2: Right, correct. And that that would be, a ref, uh, that to use your words, that would be a reflection of the disconnection of the self from the self. Oh. Because you're cause you're living a life that that it puts you in a state of inauthenticity. I'm and just so, I'm, it, it, I'm just doing something, but I don't value it, and it doesn't it doesn't bring light into my. It doesn't it doesn't make me a joyful person. It doesn't bring light into my life. It doesn't you know. So it's so I, now I'm disconnected from me.
1: And that is a phenomenon that I get from high achieving women. Where they've reached a certain level in their careers yep. where they've made probably more money than they thought they were ever going to make, depending uh-huh. on their upbringing. And they get to this place and they think there's got to be more. Right. Like it's, it can't just be about working harder in a, in a bigger paycheck because I have everything that I need or want, right. but I want more out of life.
2: Right.
1: Talk about and I love what you're saying here is you can be intentional about those thoughts. respond to that as 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 you would just that comment there way well, you know, and,
2: and actually that's sort of how I open the book um, mm-hmm. it's, uh, the i think the the first word in the first chapter is the word more, and that i I didn't understand and again i if you look on at at what I've done and all my accomplishments and things like that that's i mean you spend enough time in life, you can do some of what I've been right. able to do. But um, but I still desire more. But it's not. It, but it was. It was actually a, a friend and a colleague of mine, uh, Mary Morrissey, was. She was the first one to kind of shed light on this for me. And she said that that and to use her words, so they're not my words. <clears throat> she says life is always seeking. A freer, fuller expression.
1: Freer, fuller expression. expression. Yeah. Through us. Mm. Through us.
2: So through us, either with us or through us. Mm -hmm. So the goal is to see, again, an end goal of the book is that you see yourself as a Mm co-creator in life or with life. Mm -hmm. And and so you're not just a reactor to life, you're a co-creator with life. And, and so what does that take? It takes you having a sense of what you envision. So it, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it, does, so it doesn't matter what level you get to. You're always going to desire more because, because that's what life does. Life yeah. seeks a freer, fuller expression. So then, so then the time, at that point, you're going, well, there's got to be something more. Well, yeah, then stop and think. What's that more for you? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> is it more time with your family is it is it more travel is it is it a, an ability to learn how to sing because you never gave yourself time to, to learn that mm-hmm. is it <clears throat> is it uh, wanting to create special experiences for your kids or grandkids it's like what's the more for you right so so it, does, it
1: to doesn't define doesn't, it what's that? you have to be willing to define it you have to be intentional about thinking about what is what's is it something that's missing or is it just that I've reached this level I'm satisfied but now I want more of what?
2: And then that's right. So then then that's a time for to use your words. That's a great time for reflection.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What would that more for me? What would what would be the next thing that would light me up?
1: And then giving yourself all the permission to go and do those things.
2: Correct. Yes.
1: Yesterday, I was at an event with a room full of amazing women in the city of Indianapolis. And one of the women said in a panel discussion question, When is there going to be time for me? I'm raising kids. I've got this job. I've got this. I'm losing myself. And in the kindest way possible, because it's a room full of amazing women, the others said to her you have to choose that and it was this moment on her face where she received it in a beautiful way but it was an aha moment and i thought to myself wow we're in that place where we have to give each other permission sometimes because we're not doing it for ourselves mm-hmm. and and partly it made me sad that that we've gotten to that point where we think that we're taking care of everybody else and we've lost ourselves in that. But part of it was just a beautiful reminder of when great women get together and how they can lift each other up and give them exactly what they need in the moment. But this idea of taking care of ourselves starts with our thoughts.
2: Yes. Yeah. There's, yes. So I, our fountain needs to be filled. So it's in that sense. It also, I would say, it becomes really important for whoever this person is. um, And and I would make guesses that she might not be asking for help enough, uh, or delegating enough. And and so it becomes really important for us to have a, a community of people around us, so that we can turn to them and ask for help and ask for the support that we need. So that we can take the, the hour-long break, the, the half a day, the 15 minutes, the whatever it might be, right. to be able to give ourselves, start to give ourselves more space and more time to, um, to, again, to reconnect more deeply with ourselves.
1: And that's exactly why I originally started the Badass Women's Council, which is a group of seven female entrepreneurs that we get together once a month for that reason, so that you had people... Because an entrepreneur can be a lonely job that you could reach out to and that cared about you and you could have those tough conversations with. And it's been life changing. It's been a real significant impact on all of us in that way. Yep. Yeah. Understood. yep. Awesome. Well, this has been amazing. And again, I can't recommend the book enough. The it spoke to me in a million ways. And if I'm saying anything to get someone to go buy and read your book, it's the fact that you will find you in that book, and then you will find a very practical, almost simple process for whatever that is that you found about you in the book.
2: Hmm. Nice. Very nice. Thank you. Yeah. Very, very yeah. kind. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for being here and for writing it yeah. and for providing us with some great tips and tools and.
2: You're so welcome. You're so welcome. Yeah, no, I think it, I also, at one point, I think I say in the book that my whole intention in the book is to give you back to you.
1: Oh, maybe that's where I got that. No, it's it's so so true. It's so true. I wish I would have recorded myself speaking out loud on the way to Chicago about, yes, Joan, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks so much. And I tell you, listeners, if you go when you go and buy the book and have an experience with it, please report back so we can have you on the show and maybe it'd be fun to get some of the folks who have read the book back on with you. and Maybe do some Q and A or something.
2: I would love that. I, the, I look. There's nothing. There's nothing that makes my heart sing more than being able to share the message of the book, the truth, the, and, and this, this actually always moves me to tears. Um, I felt like I was sitting on a gold mine for 25 years. I, it, for the first iteration of the book, the first concepts that, that I started to work with in the book started more probably 25 plus years ago. And, and I, I, I drew a diagram and the diagram always worked. Uh, in terms and I ended up using that diagram as my blueprint for how I how I would do psychotherapy, and then ultimately how I trained others to do psychotherapy, and it always worked, and it always worked. And then the con and then I began to understand more and more concepts about you know that I would get these insights about the harsh self criticism or about the compliments or. Uh, the crucial importance of speaking up, or I, I can go through, or the different way to look at anxiety, and and but I was working on it and working on it and working on it and using it, using it, using it, and training it. But but people weren't hearing the the only people that were really benefiting were the people I was working with directly or training, right? Or or speaking because I would do speaking engagements too. Um, so it's the the beauty of this whole thing for me is that. Um, I I I can I get to share the gold yeah. not, right so it's not uh so there's nothing that makes me happier and uh, more touched that I get to serve the message and I'm able to to get the word out about how in some ways how amazingly simple it is mm-hmm. to to change our lives and actually really feel like we can as I said earlier to co-create with life and, and go, all right, who do I want to be and how do I want to show up? And you actually have the tools to do it.
1: Absolutely. So good. And so now we all get to benefit from all of that hard work that you've put in. Thank you.
2: Thank you. And I'm not coming down.
0: Thanks for being here for this three-part series. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the other two, please go back and catch up. They are just as rich. And instead of reflection questions for for this series, I'm going to ask you to use what you've learned from these episodes and then report back and let's have a conversation. Let's get you on the show and talk about your experience. I know when I listen to the book and then through these three episodes and talking with Joan I have just found so many times that I've caught myself using what I've learned from her and I want to hear about your experience and I know everyone else would too thanks so much as always for being here I hope that you will subscribe share this with your friends and leave a rating that really really does help us out I'm not coming down.
2: I left on the ground I'm not-